This is 680-CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, it is the final week of May sweeps, which means all kinds of season finales. We'll tell you which of your favorite shows are coming to an end. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I'll tell you all about a fantastic new movie in theaters this weekend, The Nice Guys. Plus... We'll also find out if there's anything worthwhile coming home on Blu-ray and DVD or digital HD. First, it is the news from the couch. What was my father like? My real father. It was like a storm appearing suddenly out of a clear blue sky and then disappear just as quickly. The storms, they can come back, can't they? It was a huge week for network television as they unveiled their schedules for 2016-17 and revealed a whole bunch of teasers and trailers. We want to tell you about a few of those new shows now. The one to make the biggest splash came from Fox, and it's not even a new show. It's a retread. It's Prison Break. Looks like your brother might just be alive. If you're playing me, I'll kill you. The original series debuted in 2005 and ran for four years, starring Wentworth Miller as Michael Schofield, a man who commits a crime to purposely go to jail so he can break his brother out. His brother Lincoln Burroughs, played by Dominic Purcell. Miller and Purcell, by the way, currently play sort of bad guy heroes on the CW's Legends of Tomorrow. They play Leonard Snart and Mick Rory, a.k.a. Captain Cold and Heatwave. Oh, love the paneling. Mahogany? So glad your house is made out of wood. It's gonna be a pleasure watching it burn. Love watching these guys chew up the scenery on that show. This new season of Prison Break reunites the original cast as they try to break Michael out of another jail. Because it's not Prison Break without one of them being in jail. By midweek, the trailer had been viewed 20 million times on Facebook, nearly 5 million on YouTube. The show makes its debut at the mid-season mark, so that's early next year on Fox. We're here to get you out. One of the reasons Fox brought Prison Break back is they did that 24 Live Another Day miniseries and enjoyed some success with that, so they brought back X-Files, and now they're doing Prison Break for another run. Speaking of 24, Fox has a new edition of the real-time thriller coming this year. It's called 24 Legacy. Six months ago, former director of CTU Rebecca Ingram launched an assault on the compound of Ibrahim Ben Kli. I'd like to acknowledge the many dedicated people at CTU and the six army rangers who risked their lives to stop Bin Khalid from carrying out his threat to attack this country. This is for Bin Khalid. Yeah, Eric, Bin Khalid's people found us. No Jack Bauer this time around. Kiefer Sutherland played the super agent for eight and a half seasons, so it's hard to imagine 24 without him. But the new show looks pretty cool and debuts after the Super Bowl. Still with Fox, we just told you about these next two shows last week. Now we've got trailers. One of them is The Exorcist. I am not a crazy person. I'm not saying you're crazy. There is something inside my house. It's a demon. A demon? And it's trying to take my daughter. It's a new take on William Peter Blatty's book from the 70s. It will be impossible to enjoy this show without comparing it to the film. Also, the trailer didn't really do anything to grab my attention. It will be on the air 
Fridays this fall. The other show we told you about last week is Lethal Weapon. Yeah, like the movies, starring Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Only this time it's Damon Wayans Sr. in the Danny Glover role and some other guy in the Mel Gibson role. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the TV reboot actually looks kind of cool. It will air Wednesdays in the fall before Empire. I need you to be honest with me. Do you think Riggs is dangerous? Very. (laughs) Over on NBC, they had the most watched trailer for brand new shows. It's called This Is Us by Midweek. 17 million views on Facebook, nearly 3 million on YouTube. Those numbers are shorter than, or smaller than Prison Break. Don't forget, that's not a new show, technically. And this one probably did well because Milo Ventimiglia is naked and you see his bare bum. Okay, I'm ready. Suits on? Yes, ma'am. Your birthday suits. Only one I've got. <laughs> also, Mandy Moore is in it and Sterling K. Brown who had a star turn as Chris Durden in The People vs. O.J. Simpson. The show is about the intertwining lives of people who share the same birthday. They're all now 36. Looks not bad, and it airs on Tuesdays this fall. I found him. My father. 36 years ago, you left me at the front door of a fire station. Here is another show on NBC that automatically has my attention because I'm a geek and I like sci-fi. It's called Timeless. 3.30 p.m. May 6, 1937. You're telling me that this guy actually went back in time for real to the Hindenburg. You were our best option. To do what? Go after him? I think someone who loved history would want to save it. Good song. It's a show about time travel. Not sure that it actually looks good, and I suspect it's going to fail miserably. It airs on Mondays this fall. I know what you're really meant to be. You're important in ways you can't even imagine. That's my handwriting, but I didn't write that. Not yet, but you will. We mentioned Kiefer Sutherland earlier. He's got a new show on ABC. He plays a low-level cabinet member who suddenly becomes president. It's called Designated Survivor. I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office for the President of the United States. So help me God. Actually, I'm not sure if I mentioned Kiefer Sutherland, but I did mention Jack Bauer, who is Kiefer Sutherland. So his new show airs Wednesdays this fall. On CBS, they unveiled an interesting teaser. CBS presents a new adventure. Yeah, they're doing a new Star Trek series starting next year. They also have a new show called Bull, which stars one of the network's big stars, Michael Weatherly. Very special agent Anthony Denozo, how may I help you? Next Tuesday. Be there for Michael Weatherly's final episode of NCIS. That episode, by the way, of Navy Cops Investigating Stuff aired on Tuesday, their 13th season finale. CBS is also doing a retread of Training Day, like the movie starring Denzel Washington. Those are just a handful of the new shows coming from the big four networks in the U.S. Oh, and one more that's worth mentioning. Monday. He's on the case. He's MacGyver. CBS is resurrecting MacGyver. But it's not on Mondays. It's on Fridays. I'm the baddest mother up in here. MacGyver. MacGyver. 
Piper, how did you escape from your terrorist holding cell? Just like my dad always used to say, everything I need is right in front of me. Yeah, it's about MacGyver's son. Sorry, MacGyver's son. And he's just as crafty as his dad. Anyone have any bubble gum? And a Q-tip? He's on the case. He's MacGyver. More news from the couch next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We just looked at a few new TV trailers, but as we continue with the news from the couch, let's take a look at some movie trailers. It will haunt you every night. Whatever it is, no one should have to encounter that kind of evil. Except you girls. I think you can handle it. Oh, oh, good. Thanks. A new trailer came out this week for the new Ghostbusters. We have a gift. We see what no one else is willing to see. We do things others can't do. Ghostbusters. If there's a paranormal problem, we're the ones to answer the call. Hello. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Aside from showing off the special effects, which look very good, especially since we're all used to the 80s movies, the trailer has a few winks to the audience. First up, they take on all those haters who are hot and bothered that the filmmakers would dare to cast women as the Ghostbusters. What do we think of these Ghostbusters? Are they to be taken seriously? Okay, so I don't know if it was a race thing or a lady thing, but I'm mad as hell. And there's a little more Thor in this one. A lot of people, probably the same losers that complained about the women Ghostbusters, think a role as a, quote, secretary is beneath Chris Hemsworth, but it turns out there's more to his character than you would think. Hey guys, check it out! Kevin, come inside! I was born to be a Ghostbuster, all right? Oh, man, that's so not good. He gets possessed by a ghost at one point, and the Ghostbusters have to deal with that. Basically, the whole trailer is a giant thumbing of the nose at the people who do not seem to like it, which is good because this movie looks terrific. And Ghostbusters hits theater July 15th. Something big is going to happen. The word we're looking for is apocalypse. You want a piece of this? Yeah! The government's trying to claim the event isn't supernatural. We don't want a panic. We don't want mass hysteria. Get out of the city! Get out of the city! I will kick the unliving crap out of you! And you! Especially you! Hey! A rather spectacular new trailer for the new Ang Lee movie came out this week. It's sort of weird being honored for the worst day of your life. You know things most of the rest of us will never know. That's got to weigh heavy on a young man's shoulders. It's called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Quite a mouthful, but it's based on a best-selling book by the same name. I have not read it, but the trailer seems to show the basic layout of the story. Billy Lynn, played by newcomer Joe Alwyn, is a soldier being honored for his war heroics during halftime of a football game somewhere in America. And I guess, as the title suggests, 
It's an awful long walk from the sidelines to the stage in the middle of the field. I would imagine it's a long enough halftime walk for Billy Lynn that he can remember a lot of the big important moments from his life, and especially from the theater of war. And that's where Vin Diesel comes in. Oh, God. He's in it, seriously. Vin Diesel is in an Ang Lee Oscar bait movie, Brett. He plays Billy's commanding officer in the Army flashbacks. Again, just me guessing here, but Vin Diesel is totally going to kill in his performance. But his character is going to die in this movie. It's going down. What? Vin's a goner. This Fast and the Furious contracts actually literally state that he gets to win every fight in those movies. But you know what? For an A-list director, Diesel's willing to die. He died for Steven Spielberg and Saving Private Ryan. The crux of the thing, though, seems to be Billy Lynn trying to come to grips with the horrors of war as he's being honored for it. It's a timeless war movie scenario, and you can expect it to be done impeccably in the hands of Ang Lee. There's not a whole lot of dialogue in the trailer, but go watch it because it looks fantastic. Like, the NFL should seriously consider having Ang Lee produce the Super Bowl halftime show. So here you are, Billy. For the first time in my life. We just open the door a crack. The light comes pouring in. The movie also stars Kristen Stewart, boo to that, Steve Martin, yay to that, Garrett Hedlund, Tim Blake Nelson, and Chris Tucker. Billy Lynn's long halftime walk hits theaters November 11th. Your story, Billy, no longer belongs to you. It's America's story now. And another new trailer came out for Steven Spielberg's adaptation of a Roald Dahl classic. What kind of a monster are you? Bone cruncher. Coiled chewer. Meat dripper. Gizzard gulper. Butcher boy. Please don't eat me. You think... Because I'm a giant, that I'm a man gobbling cannibal. <laughs> it's the BFG. You can call me the big friendly giant. Oh my. The BFG is about a little orphan girl, Sophie, who becomes friends with a giant, a big friendly one, and they get in adventures. The BFG himself in the movie is a CGI creation, sort of in that photorealistic style that the Robert Zemeckis Christmas Carol movie was, where Jim Carrey played Scrooge. So Sophie's a live human actor. The BFG, though, is kind of cartoony looking. Not sure how that's going to play on the big screen, but then again, it's a kid's movie, and they're pretty forgiving about that stuff. We'll find out for ourselves July 1st. This be the story of a little gal. It'll be great adventures. So hold your breaths, cross your fingers, here we go. I'm going to call you BFG. That is the news from The Couch. Up next, we'll have a quick look at what is coming on Blu-ray and DVD. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. If God exists, then why did he make ugly people? (laughs) 
Brett and Jeff with the Couch Potatoes. Jeff, what's coming to Blu-ray and DVD this week? Zoolander 2, and as well as Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, and How to Be Single, starring Dakota Johnson and Rebel Wilson. And then there's that Finest Hours movie. That's the one with the, the boats and the tidal waves and stuff with Captain Kirk. Remember that? Oh, that's what that is. I saw the title there. Couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, that's that's the, <laughs> the technical description. The boats and the tidal waves and stuff. With Captain Kirk. <laughs> You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and I went to the movies this week. Brett, I saw a new one. It's just out in theaters now, and it's called The Nice Guys. Go. What? Go, it's recording. Hello, you've reached the Nice Guys Detective Agency. Do you believe your daughter's new boyfriend is up to no good? Has your loved one gone missing? Mm. If so, then the Nice Guys Detective Agency is here to help. We cover adultery, missing persons, small crimes, and occasionally murder. Leave us a massage after the tone. Message. All right. Your handwriting is terrible. The Nice Guys is directed by Shane Black of Iron Man 3, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and Lethal Weapon fame. Uh, It stars Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, Kim Bassinger, and some kid. Wait. Wait. Usually I write off these kids, child actors, as some kid, but I can't do that here, Brett. Because 13-year-old Anjuri Rice is probably... Just about the best thing in this movie. And that's saying something because The Nice Guys is terrific. It's one of my favorite movies this year. It may very well be my favorite movie so far this year. It's set in Los Angeles in 1979. Ryan Glassling plays a private eye, and he's not great at it. It's not so much that he's a bad detective. He's just a mess as a person. He drinks too much. He's really clumsy. And his parenting techniques leave a lot to be desired. He has a daughter, the aforementioned Rice. And even though he loves her a lot and she loves him... He leaves her home alone all the time while he goes out working. Uh, The mother died, and the subtext is that he blames himself for that, which is why he drinks. So it's just the two of them, and she's had to grow up far too fast for a girl her age. She's she's sort of like 13 going on 30. And kids acting like adults is always entertaining. It's hard to predict the career of a child actor, but hopefully good things happen for this young lady because she does have the chops. She basically steals this whole movie. Uh, They end up getting involved with Russell Crowe. He plays a guy at the beginning. He simply beats people up for money. Someone's bothering you? Pay Russell Crowe $100 and he'll pay them a visit. He's aging, he's out of shape, kind of slovenly and cranky, Uh, but that's how Gosling and Crowe meet. Gosling is spying on a young lady as part of an investigation, and she gets sick of it, hires Crowe to get him to stop. But soon enough, that young lady is the catalyst to a much bigger crime, a conspiracy that puts our three heroes in danger, so they have to solve the case before the bad guys kill them. Kim Bassinger is the head of the California Justice Department. She's involved in the mystery as well. She is a pretty small part, but it's good to see her again. Now, while the story is crime-based, The Nice Guys is definitely more of a comedy. There's a lot of foul language, but it's not raunchy. The characters are just funny. There's dumb guy humor, slapstick and other psych eggs, situational humor, a little bit of everything. There's quite a bit of nudity in the movie, too, but it's not really dirty. There's a lot of fighting and shooting, but it feels pretty light, yet when a bad guy needs to feel menacing or the violence needs to feel shocking, it does. The writer-director Shane Black simply just has an excellent grasp of what he wants to do and how to go about doing it. The movie flows more smoothly from one scene or situation to the next than any other movie in recent memory. It just it just cracks along at a quick pace and it's over before you know it. I couldn't believe it. No boring parts, no real slowdown. It's not quite in real time, but I can only really recall one cut where several hours had passed between scenes. And while it does cook along, it doesn't feel like it's rushed. Like, quick but not too quick. The pacing just 
adds to the excitement and it puts you in the mindset of these guys who are desperately trying to solve the case before they get killed. And the daughter is right there with them, sometimes without them even knowing it. She's just Nancy drawing it up, trying to help, and sometimes she does. Honest to God, I just thought this movie was a breath of fresh air. The movie calendar, as you know, Brett, it often feels so stuffed with the same old things. The things I like a lot, mind you, like superhero movies, raunchy comedies, and the Oscar bait feelies. But it gets pretty stale if you go to a lot of those movies, and there's just not a lot of variety of different kinds of movies anymore. So this was a pleasure. It's, it's to me, it felt like like a '90s movie. Uh, you know, after Quentin Tarantino hit it big, we got a lot of weird, fun crime capers and mystery movies as people tried to inject some Tarantino into their work. The nice guy, I, I, like it would fit in nicely with the likes of. <clears throat> Get Shorty, The Usual Suspects, LA Confidential, The Big Lebowski, stuff like that. Complex plots with lots of twists and turns, lots of ins and outs, as the dude would say, and that unravel themselves in unexpected ways. And while you do want to get to the bottom of it, you're mostly just enjoying the ride. Of those movies, I would say The Nice Guy is more in common with Get Shorty and Lebowski because it's also hilarious, honestly... I think I could actually really nerd out comparing it to The Big Lebowski because those two movies just have a ton in common, although not necessarily for the same reasons why we love Lebowski so much. But even though it was set in 1979, it made me nostalgic for the 90s for just because it felt like one of those 90s movies. And honestly, I have no complaints about it. You do have to pay attention from the get-go. That caught me a little bit off guard. I thought maybe they forgot to add a proper introduction to the movie or something, but they didn't. They just jump in, so... I was busy, you know, focusing on my popcorn. I was like, oh, I should be paying attention. Don't worry about that, though, because the story will clue you in along with the characters as it goes along. It's just a great ride, like I said, a breath of fresh air, as, especially as we get into big blockbuster season. So I would definitely say go see The Nice Guys if you're looking for a fun night at the theater. Four and a half coach cushions out of five. And the mass majority agree with you as well. It's been hovering yes. around the 90%. There above go. 90% range on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, significantly better than the other comedy out this weekend. There's that Neighbors 2 yeah. sorority rising. I kind of like how they, they put the word rising in the title because <laughs> they're almost making fun of the, the the fact that that word is so overused <laughs> now in movie titles. No right? kidding. The Dark Knight Rises, the, the rise of the planet of the apes. And then in two years, we'll get Neighbors 3 legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That's a tremendous idea. I like it. And then the third movie out this weekend is for the children's, the Angry Birds movie, which I'm sure the kids will love, but I'm guessing you won't enjoy it when you take your kids to see it. Aside from his little bit part in Man of Steel, when's the last time you saw Russell Crowe in anything really good? It's been a while. A long time, it feels like. And so, and him and Gosling just have great chemistry together, so it's it's... A, buddy cop thing that just hits on every cylinder. Gosling, he seems to have good chemistry with no matter whom he works He's with. He's a fantastic actor. I don't recall ever seeing him in anything outrightly comic before. Seen him, you know, be funny at times, but Yeah, that's He's true. hysterical in this thing. He's got he's he can do comedy. That's good. All right, up next, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the television season finales coming your way. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. We talked at the beginning of the show about some of the new television shows heading your way because all the big networks in the United States unveiled their television lineups. We didn't even talk about the CW, actually, and we, we should probably do a little bit of that here. But in the meantime, want to get to the finales coming your way this week. I'll just sort of kind of quickly rattle them off because it's basically the last week of May sweeps in the United States. And uh, so all those big American networks are rolling out their finales. We've got America's Funniest Home Videos on Sunday. 
Uh, the Simpsons. Crap, I forgot to watch the live Simpsons. Did you watch it? I did not. I meant to set my... Appara- <laughs> apparently it was more gimmicky than it was worthwhile. Yeah, it wasn't like a, the entire episode was live. It was three minutes of Homer at the end. Yeah. Answering calls, which is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Uh, just back to that America's Funniest Videos. Do you think like they save like, the best videos for the season finale? <laughs> you won't believe. <laughs> you won't believe what hits this guy in the crotch this week. It's the season finale to remember America's Funniest Home Video. Uh, okay, so this <laughs> The Simpsons wraps up on Fox. Fear the Walking Dead, the AMC spring finale. So I guess they, they, they're going to take the summer off and then come back in the late summer, I suppose, and then lead into Walking Dead in the fall, which is a decent strategy. Uh, Bob's Burgers also on Fox and something called Crowded on NBC. Ever even heard nope. of that? Uh, oh, and uh, Premier, or Preacher makes its debut on AMC on Sunday as well. That's based on a series of graphic novels, which your pal Joel Likes, I think. Yeah, I read one of them, and I don't think I want to watch that show. It just seems too depressing. <laughs> and it looks kind of scary at times. Yeah, it was too creepy. Uh, there's a Price is Right primetime special happening, actually, Monday through Wednesday. The one on Monday has That's a whole- the Survivor one. Yeah. yeah. It's like all stars from past seasons of Survivor, and Jeff Probst is going to be there. So if you like Survivor, you might want to check that out. And actually, let's just uh, take a moment here. I know I've, I'm... The train of thought is stopping at every station. That was a great finale (laughs) to a great season. It really was. It was. And I know it wasn't the result that a lot of people wanted, and it certainly wasn't the result anyone was expecting, but I still liked it. I was really happy with the outcome. Spoilers in case you haven't heard, but uh, uh, Michelle wins, and she won the last, well, three of the last four challenges at least. Yeah, I think she said she won four challenges uh, on her own. coming When she needed it the most, right at the end when it really, really counts, and it paid off. Yeah, and at first, she even herself said that, I think we just gave Aubrey the million dollars. Yeah. And I sort of thought that, but then I kind of sort of thought, well, because I'm generally not a fan of the people who sort of skate by, and you could argue that Michelle skated by largely throughout the game. Because her name was on the chopping block a lot. Yeah. But well, and she bounced back and forth as well. So it wasn't like she wasn't like riding coattails. She was bounce. She just couldn't find a home. Yeah, she really did into it. But I think that's what made it impressive because, especially that. in the last, when it got down to five, six to five people, she was the one who everybody looked at as the easy target, as the one who would be next to go, right. and she managed to stay alive. Uh, so it was good, and lots of twists and turns, and they they made you think, well, are they going to do final three? Are they going to do final two? Yeah, and I was looking at the timing of the clock while I'm watching it. It's like, well, they still got like a whole hour to go here, and there's three of them left, right? So it's like, they won't do final three. And then with a twist of, they get to vote off a jury member, which is uh, was a neat twist. It was cool. And it shows that they still have some fresh ideas in their bag. And I, they this wasn't, I think, the best season overall. But I think the the, the, the the finale was good, and I really liked the ch- the challenges. I don't know how they keep coming up with interesting challenges. The one where they, they were on that disc in the middle of the water where they kept having to run around. Yep. Hard to describe, but imagine you and two of your friends on a, just on a, a giant disc on the water. It's like one of those maze games where you have to 
sort of lean the the, the puzzle Where you back tilt and the forth. maze back and forth, yeah. except it's like life size and you're standing on the maze at the time. It's just ingenious stuff. So that's one of my favorite parts of Survivor to see what kind of creative challenges they come up with. Not the best cast this year, but some interesting characters. Overall, uh, good finale. So the the reason why I started talking about that is because there's a Prices Right special. <laughs> <laughs> With the survivors on it. <laughs> on Monday. And you know what? Let's just pause for a moment because I clearly need to put my brain back in my skull. <laughs> You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. We're having a quick look at some of the season finales and, I guess, deb- series debuts coming your way over the next week. And we have gotten as far as Monday, the 23rd. We were talking about how there are some prices, right? Primetime specials, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The Monday edition is going to be uh, past members of Survivor seasons from CBS, so that's kind of cool. Also on Monday is the season two finale of Gotham. And uh, you gave up on that C- show fairly Halfway early? Halfway through season one. Yeah. Okay. And you remember how I said that the season one finale was maybe... The, the worst w- thing you've ever seen in it, your entire life? It, it was one of the definitely one of the worst episodes of television ever. It was a huge disappointment. And how I, has season two been? I think season two has, has been better because they sort of picked a direction. It, it, it's been very... I don't want to say campy, but it because it, it's serious, but it's campy in its seriousness, if that makes sense. It's very Tim yeah. Burton-esque. Right. Um, so they've at least chosen a direction to go in, but they there are a lot of open threads right now, and I sort of feel like... <laughs> You're going to have a bad finale again. Another bad finale. So we've got Gotham on Monday. There is the Odd Couple finale on CBS, which uh, stars Chandler from Friends and some... Popular comedian, I gather. I don't know. Yep, I can't remember his name right now. He's a funny guy, though. Uh, The Bachelorette Season 12 premiere is on, so Jeff, make sure you set your PVR for that. Done. Whose line is it anyway? The Season 12 premiere, that's on the CW. That's back? Yeah, CW resurrected it a little while ago. I didn't even know that. Blind Spot finale on NBC. That's the one with the naked lady with all the tattoos uh, that you saw probably a hundred commercials for last year where she crawls out of a bag naked in the middle of Times Square. Season two of The Flash wraps up on Tuesday. There's uh, a new show uh, that debuts on, or that, pardon me, season three debuts on Fox called Hotel Hell. I think that's a Chef Ramsay show. I don't really know. Fresh Off the Boat wraps up on Tuesday as well as... They had a great season. The Real O'Neills, another ABC show. The Voice finale is on Tuesday. Dancing with the Stars finale is on Tuesday. The Night Manager, if you've been watching that on AMC, it's a miniseries that wraps up. And then finally on Wednesday, so The Path wraps up on Hulu on Wednesday, which means we'll, I guess, get the season finale on Showcase, presumably, the next day. Uh, Rosewood comes to an end on Fox. Heartbeat comes to an end on NBC. Law and Order SVU. Criminal Minds Beyond Borders and Supernatural Season 11 comes to an end on the CW and then uh, Nashville as well that's a series finale and Chicago PD and then Season 2 of Wayward Pines debuts on Fox are you going to watch it? yeah (laughs) you don't have to I know I don't don't have have to to, I know I've, I've been making some cuts some merciless cuts on the PVR, I let go of Blind Spot. I cut Limitless, Limitless loose, and actually, I almost—I don't feel bad about cutting Limitless loose because it is CBS is shopping it around. Oh, so it might not be bad. So yeah, it's it's not coming back to CBS. They haven't said we're canceling it. They said we're shopping it around, but it's not on the CBS schedule, which is weird because I thought it was doing 
it was doing well, but and it, it was critically acclaimed, but I guess it didn't do well enough as the season hmm. went along. Uh, it's Thomas Lennon, by the way, that plays Felix Unger on the new Odd Couple. He was on Reno 911, and he also does a very hilarious Hulk Hogan impression, if you ever had the opportunity to see him do that. That's right, he was in Reno 911. He sort of seems like the Odd Couple is beneath him. It does. He's, he's He is better than that. Like, that's a pretty terrible sitcom. I watched one and a half. <laughs> I watched one and a half episodes, and, like, Matthew Perry isn't even trying. Uh, like, he's just collecting a paycheck? Yeah, he's just collecting. He's like, I'll just do my sh- Chandler stick again, stick again, and here we go. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.